It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Perry Goldstein from the Pack What She Said podcast and myriad other places on the show today to talk about Packers training camp her outlook on the offseason, and her outlook on the 2020 Packers season. So we will get to that in just a little bit. I want to get you caught up first, though, on the latest from training camp. And I want to start it this way because injuries have already been a story of the preseason process. Even though there are no preseason games, this is still the preseason And we've had a number of major injuries, season-ending injuries, and the Packers haven't had any of those yet. We learned Montrevious Adams has a sprained toe. David Bakhtiari was back at practice on Wednesday, so was Corey Lindsley. Devontae Adams limped off the field at practice on Wednesday. And this is going to be something that we have to watch closely over the next few weeks. Because this weird offseason has left a lot of teams wondering how the players' bodies are going to react. And so far, it seems like it has not been great. And it's not just that there was no OTAs. It's, It's not just that there was no rookie camp. It's that a lot of these players weren't able to get in their normal offseason training. They weren't able to get in their normal program because gyms are closed because training facilities are closed, because you can't get the same level of player-to-player work in. And so you come to camp, yeah, you can be in great shape. You can be you can be in great theoretical shape. You can be ripped, and you can have great cardio, but it's not football shape. And there's no substitution for football shape. There's no substitution for actually getting out on the field and playing. And so the fact that you couldn't get out there and even simulate it in a lot of cases 
is probably causing some of these issues. In the case of Devontae Adams, and that's something that is going to loom over this team, the Packers went 4-0 last year without Devontae Adams. But if Devontae Adams is not healthy, it is a fundamental change to how this passing game has to function. And if you go around the team, there are a number of positions where that's true. Offensive tackle is a big one, particularly left tackle. Without David Bakhtiari, Alex Light goes out to left tackle. Well, Alex Light is, we know he's not as good as David Bakhtiari, who's one of the best, if not the best left tackle in the league. Alex Light is a borderline rosterable player based on what we've seen on the field in regular season games. He's shown some nice things in practice, shown some nice things in the exhibition season, but when he's actually had to go out and play, it's been concerning. If he has to get snaps at left tackle, the Packers are going to have issues. I think the same is true for the defensive line spots. If Kenny Clark gets hurt, how do you play a one defensive lineman or two defensive lineman set when those guys just aren't good? And we don't know what Kingsley Kiki can be. And we don't know if Dean Lowry not playing to his potential last year is a blip or if that's just who he is. It could have been, you know, he just had an off season. It happens. Every player goes through those kinds of lulls. Certainly players who aren't, you know, great, great players. One of the things that makes great players great is they're consistently good. They're not always great. They're just consistently good. That's not what Dean Lowry is. And that's not to say he's a bad player. He just wasn't as good as we've seen him be last year. Kenny Clark gets hurt. Now suddenly that style of play that Mike Patton wants to be, to have the smaller defensive line, to play with fewer true linebackers, that becomes a lot more difficult. And we saw last year, even as a rookie, when Darnell Savage didn't play, they didn't have the depth at safety to make up for it. Now, Vernon Scott has has shown some nice things. Will Redmond has more experience now. They get Raven Green back. Adrian Amos off to a hot start at camp. So maybe they have a better plan there. There are certainly positions on this roster where they have depth. You know, if Alan Lazard gets hurt, they have other guys. EQ, MVS, Jake Kumaro. It's not a damning thing if you lose a wide receiver too. And that's true for most teams, uh, unless, you know, they're the Vikings and that and that wide receiver too is Diggs or Thielen, depending on how you look at it. Now, they've fixed that this year because we know Thielen is the wide receiver one and Justin Jefferson probably going to be the wide receiver two. Most teams are going to have issues if their number one star receiver gets hurt. The Packers are no different, but teams are also to varying degrees, able to mitigate those issues. Green Bay was able to mitigate it last year. You have Aaron Jones become a bigger part of the passing game because he's a matchup problem for opposing teams. And now you draft A.J. Dillon to make it easier, if you have an injury, to go to that style of offense. You drafted Jay Sternberger. You drafted Josiah DeGuara to give you matchup players in the middle of the field. The Packers have taken steps to mitigate those potential losses. Just because they're not receivers doesn't mean that they can't help this offense go. We saw it last year. 
But depth is going to be more important than it's ever been. And there are positions that Green Bay has serious question marks when it comes to depth. They've got three quarterbacks that they probably feel good about. And certainly the talent of Jordan Love, but Tim Boyle has looked good in camp. He knows this offense. Obviously, you know, they know what they have with Aaron Rodgers. If there's an interior offensive line injury, you know, Lucas Patrick can come in and play. They feel good about that. If it's, you know, Billy Turner and Rick Wagner out there, they have Lane Taylor who can come in and play. Uh, they, they clearly have high hopes for guys like John Runyon and Jake Hansen. Those guys getting plenty of run and opportunity. Okay, they've got they've got good depth there. They have some players they like at linebacker. Christian Kirksey goes down, though. Is Oren Burks able to step in? Is Curtis Bolton going to be healthy enough? He's still on PUP. Is Ty Summers able to step up? You know, they have some pieces at corner. They have some talent at corner. Josh Jackson off to a nice start. But if Kevin King goes down and Josh Jackson has to play then what is the depth behind them like? Is Kadar Holman able to come in and give them snaps? And in dime, you know, they they don't have much past that. They go four deep at corner right now. You had Chen and Sullivan. You've got Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Jackson, Holman, and Sullivan. That's five. You have one injury. Suddenly that leaves you with four corners. That That potentially makes it more complicated if you need to go to dime defense. Or you want to play more safeties and you have an injury in the safety room. Do they have guys who can come in and do that? Now, every team is facing these kinds of questions. Most teams don't have 53 players they feel capable of starting. In fact, no team has that. So it's not like we're saying, okay, Green Bay is screwed. But just a reminder that injuries are going to happen. They're they're likely to be more injured this year than they were last year. And that there are positions where it is better based on the way their roster is constructed for them to have those injuries. If you're going to have injuries, interior offensive line is a spot. You know, secondary receiver, even running back, where you might have four guys that you feel good about. Tight end, potentially. You know, Big Bob Tanyan out there making plays. But you have Jay Sternberger, you have Josiah DeGuara, you have Mercedes Lewis. You've got four guys that you feel like can go out there and give you snaps. If one gets hurt, you have that depth. If Jair Alexander gets hurt, is Josh Jackson capable of coming in and playing on the outside in the same way? You like the talent. Again, he's he's off to a hot start, but that's a pretty big question. Now, any team loses their top corner, they're going to have issues. Green Bay has tried to build a roster that mitigates that. So it's going to be interesting to see And you never want to root for injuries. Of course, we're not doing that. But you need to get a little bit lucky with injuries, not just with the amount, but the place that you have those injuries. And you don't need to get lucky when it comes to buying car parts. In fact, you just need to be smart. And that means going to rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's seemingly impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. And maybe you don't even want to go to a chain storefront. You don't want to go to a storefront at all given the coronavirus. So why not shop online and why not shop online at a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online 
for 20 years. RockAuto.com is the place to do it. And best of all, their prices are reliably low. They don't make different price points for do-it-yourselfers or professional mechanics. It's reliably low prices for everything you need to get your car working the way that it needs to right now, right in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you to get the best price in online auto parts shopping to make it easy for something that is not always easy. RockAuto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, let's get to Perry Goldstein. She is the co-host of the Pack-A-Day podcast. She's also all over the Packers media sphere. She's doing stuff for Pack-A-Day podcast, for Game on Wisconsin. You can follow her on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. That's P-E-R-R-I. Perry, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. I'm so happy to be here, Peter. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right in here because training camp is underway. The Packers are back on the field. Backing up for just a second, speaking of back, before training camp started, what were the things that you were really looking for that you were, whether you were excited to see them, you were wondering, you were anxious, what were the things that you were like, okay, I can't wait to see this, or I'm nervous to see this? (laughs) Um, I was super excited to see Jordan Love. That's probably a pretty obvious answer, but just with all the hype and all the narrative around him, I was like, let's just see what he's got on the field. Um, that's why I think for the first time in my life, I was disappointed, um, about no preseason games, um, because those snaps would have been pretty interesting to watch. Um, I am a pretty, you know, big supporter of Rashawn Gary and I've been following his, you know, workouts and those videos that he's been posting. So was super looking forward to seeing just how he looked from like his body type. I know, you know, everyone said that he slimmed down and sort of, how many more snaps he was taking behind the Smiths. So that's been really fun to see. Um, and I guess I, you know, I gotta say AJ Dillon, <laughs> I think right. just the draft class in general though, right? Like it was definitely an odd draft for the Packers odd in that it was unexpected. Um, and so just kind of seeing how coach and, you know, the rest of, um, the staff was really going to utilize those players. Um, I know that it's, obviously just like four days of practice. So we, we don't really know what's, what the game plan is going to be, but just seeing, you know, where they were being used. Um, I was really excited about that. 
it does seem like the kind of uh, thing that we haven't had sports in general, but we haven't had football in so long that it's almost like what happened in the off season we we forgot, and this is this is all new, and and all of the drama about the receiver position. You know, if Devontae Adams is out there, there really isn't much drama. It seems like, and then you know, yesterday in practice. Devontae leaves practice and there's concern he's hobbling and he he did come back but it sort of throws back into focus everything that we had said all off season where were you in in all of that and and had you sort of talked yourself into it now as we were hitting August and and the season about to start yeah I mean look like was I disappointed that we didn't take a wide receiver in this draft sure I think that's mainly because the talent was so deep that it just felt a little bit like a, a lost move um, on our part. But at the same time, hearing about and reading about what it sounds like Matt LaFleur wants to do um, with this offense, I and you know, watching now a little bit of what these players are doing on the field, um, it's starting to make more sense. Um, I'm never going to I'm a, I'm an optimistic fan, right? I'm I'm always going to look to the positive. So, I'm just sort of now on the train like it is what it is. It's in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. Um I still think we have some nice wide receiver talent. Obviously, we have Devontae Adams, who's one of the best in the league, and then some depth behind him that can hopefully if one or two of them step up and take some kind of jump, we're fine. You know, I think we're going to have multiple tight ends on the field. Um, we're going to have multiple running backs maybe on the field. So that just leaves a little bit less room for wide receivers. You know, we're not going to be going spread offense like we used to do five receivers on the field anymore. So um, I'm still, like I said, positive and optimistic that Matt LaFleur's game plan is is going to be fine. So I like what you said. I, I try and ask people, are you optimistic? Are you, are you generally? Not? And you can tell someone's Twitter feed, okay, are they an optimistic fan or are they a pessimistic fan? How do they how do they view these things? And so I, I kind of knew the answer, but I'm, I'm glad you, you put that into perspective there. So as we look now at 2020, what is if you're going to put together a everything is going to work because just make your the, the, the theoretical case for the, the best case scenario for the Packers happens if. Ooh, oh, wow. Um, OK, I think I think in year two. Um, everyone's going to be just that much more comfortable. Um, And we've already seen that things are running a bit smoother. They're a lot sharper. Um, So I think some of those confusions on like minor details, right? Like verbiage and cadence and and stuff like that gets cleaned up. And so already the offense is going to run better. Um, And I think just like I said earlier, just a handful of players making that little bit of a leap, like, Alan Lazard playing like he did the second half of the season for the full season, Jay Sternberger being in for the full season, like maybe having someone who can catch the ball at tight end. Sorry, Jimmy Graham, you know, just, just, we looking were so great close. at bears camp, Jimmy. Graham. <laughs> oh yeah. Looking amazing. Yep. This is his comeback year. Sure. <laughs> um, but just, I think it's, we're, we were so close. You know what I mean? We made it to the NFC championship game. Yeah. So it's, it's not as if I think there's some like drastic thing that needs to happen. I just think, Comfort in year two, a little bit more seamless. I would love to see more no huddle. That's like up tempo. Like that's what Rodgers is really good at. And uh, playing to Rodgers' strengths. I love the AJ Dillon pick because I think that having a strong run game is what you need for an, a little bit of an older quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers can still make incredible throws better than most in the league, but. Sure. 
he doesn't have to be Superman anymore. And that's good. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. We can win football games when he isn't playing to his, you know, best, best abilities as we saw a few games last season. So um, playing to Rogers' strengths in that, what he's good at still. Um, and then just, just that sort of more seamless comfort in the offense. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Rogers and, and his comfort level. Tim Boyle mentioned it's as relaxed as he's seen Rogers, but camp opened and, and we had a lot of opportunities to hear from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur this offseason about the Jordan Love pick. And there were a lot of questions about the Jordan Love pick. Yet through a couple of days of practice, Jordan Love has not been a story really at all, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this has sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit? I mean, my hope is that it's just become so tired that people don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> like we're done with it. Um, because obviously Rogers is the starter. And yeah. I think Lafleur and Goot have said it all along. Like love is a developmental prospect and he's not meant and they didn't pick him to start this season. It's not like there's some QB camp battle going on. So I think that obviously Everyone's looking at other things because that's a little bit set. And yes, we can talk about who's going to be the backup. But I think, again, it's another sort of obvious thing where Tim Boyle's been in the system longer than him. Love has a lot of catching up to do. And it's okay if he's QB3 going into week one. Um, you know, Matt LaFleur said it the other day. He just wants him to get, you know, 1% better every day and, you know, pick up on things like footwork, which we saw. And I mean, I've seen a few videos of him. He looks great. But again, it's not, there's, there's no story there anymore because Rogers is the starter and love just has to learn. Yeah. In some ways it's good that we're not hearing anything because what we'd hear is, wow, he just really looks bad. Like that's usually what you hear about a rookie quarterback. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he just threw a ball in the stands. And we actually did hear that on one of the drills. He missed the net, but, um, it, it is, it is interesting to me and, and it's, Obviously, no one's talking about that. It's not being talked about because that's how that works. Um, when when you look at the Packers defense this year, it's something that I don't think has gotten enough play over the course of of the offseason. And, you know, look, that's partially my fault. I have a podcast and I could talk about it more, too. But Christian Kirksey has looked like every bit of of the player that you know, the optimistic viewpoint of what he could be in this defense already. I mean, interceptions and and looking good in coverage down the field. Who is who is someone? Is it Kirksey or is there another guy who you're looking at on defense to say, OK, if this guy plays well, he can really elevate this defense into that that upper echelon of top 10, top five type units. I already think that the Packers are in that upper echelon um, just I mean, given what we did last season and the players that we have and how young we are, if we stay healthy. But yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely Christian Kirksey or one of the depth guys on the defensive line. Um, I think those are obviously two areas where we struggled last year. Um, so if we can get someone like Kirksey who just plays even a little bit better than Blake Martinez, fits a little bit better in Petten's scheme, great. Um, if we have one of those guys, although I don't think it's going to be Mantravius Adams now with his injury, but like Kingsley Kiki, for instance, or Dean Lowry um, can just play that a little bit of that jump up with Kenny. Um, and we can 
we don't need to be like the best run defense in the league, but just like a little bit better maybe this season. <laughs> um, you know, like that. that is what's going to, I think, I don't know, maybe put the league on notice a little bit more because we obviously have, I think, one of the best secondaries in the league and we have two of the best pass rushers in the league. So it's just sort of that middle <laughs> that um, that I think if we if we clean up a little bit, you know, we'll be great. But Maggie and I talk about this a little bit on packs, which she said, is it is it a progression or a regression from the defense? And there are some players that I think are on the field so much, maybe we'll get less snaps like the Smiths, I hope. Right. So like Rashawn Gary steps up and takes a little bit of those snaps. Maybe we have we lose a few more games, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are a worse team. Um, and so. I just don't think we're that far off from being that top five defense in the league. Let's say the Packers allow fans at games this year and nothing has really changed from what we know right now. Are you going to a game if you can? No, um, I've thought about this because so you and I both live in New York and, um, you know, going up to Lambeau is not in sort of easy feet, right? You got to, plan, you got to fly, you got to get a hotel, et cetera, for me at least. Um, and I just wouldn't want to do that unless it's, I'm going to get the full experience and I'm more than happy my whole life. I've been watching, you know, on my couch at home or, or at the local Packers bar now that I'm of that age. So I'm more than happy to continue to do that until everything is sort of back to normal. I think that's how a lot of people are feeling. I mean, 80% of season ticket holders opted out and, and I'm not sure that much will change um, between certainly now and, and the season starting. So I, I think we should expect that fans are going to be not at Lambeau Field for the foreseeable future. When you just sort of take the, the big picture of what you're expecting in 2020 for this team, I asked you for the best case scenario. But if you're going to make a prediction based, you know, we don't you don't have to include what we've seen in training camp or you can whatever you want to do. But what is your best prediction? I think we're now in late August. We can start to make some predictions about what we're going to see from Green Bay in 2020. Um, Well, I've been saying that I think we will have maybe a worse record, but could potentially be a better team. We have a really tough schedule. Um, I think some of that toughness maybe gets removed with no fans, like going down to new Orleans with no fans doesn't scare me as much as it does with fans. Um, but I think we'll be more in the realm of like an 11 and five, um, team this year. So I still think we're going to win the division. I, I feel fully confident about that. Um, from what I've seen from the other teams, I know people are like, really excited about the, what the lions have done this off season. And well, like everyone says that every season. So <laughs> what makes this season going to be different? Um, there's some, something, you know, I don't trust Kirk cousins at all. And of course the bears who the heck knows what's going on there. So I, I don't think that it's, I'm never going to say that we're a lock or a shoe in or anything like that, but I think that we, it's ours to lose, if you will, the division. Um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to to the full transition to Matt LaFleur's offense because I think last right. year was very much a little bit of a hybrid. He kept some things that McCarthy had, you know, for the transition and the continuity of things. And now it's going to be like full go, 
you know, what does Matt LaFleur view? And we hired him because he's young. He has a different kind of vision. Um, he comes from, you know, a tree of coaches that are quite progressive and visionary. Um, and I think that he's going to take a little bit of what he's learned from there and take a little bit of what he himself, you know, has in, in his brain. And um, I'm looking forward to that, what that looks like. Um, and I am hopeful, you know, that that translates well, like I said earlier, to, to what Rogers is still good at. And we can get another year, maybe two of, of high level Rogers play left in the tank. Um, because I think I'm starting to realize that, that the sun is setting on our time with him as, as our quarterback. And I just, I really want to cherish as many games as we can get with him under center. They're coming for you, Perry. I don't know if, if the listeners can hear that, but, um, so I want to finish with this, uh, a a little bit of, it's okay. Not uh, a little bit of non-football. Um, there has been a lot of bed, bed, bread making on Instagram. There's been a lot of binge watching on, on Instagram, on Netflix and, and other various assorted. So what has been your, your big quarantine accomplishment? Do you have one? (laughs) Um, okay. I am a big reader. So I'm actually on book number 27 of wow. Um, Yeah. So that's been really fun because uh, that's obviously not even close to what I get to in a normal year. Um, no. I watched The Wire from start to finish for the first time. And that was a little bit of a life-changing experience, I'd say. So loved that. Favorite Wire season? Mm, the one with the kids in school, the education years. Four? Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Usually, usually the answer is three or four, depending on the person. Yeah. yeah. But I, 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 can, I understand. I the well, do you, now. now you get it. Yeah. Okay. Then, then super last question. Um, Perry's book club. Give me like your, your top one, two, three of, of the books. Give me your best recommendation. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I read the bluest eye by Toni Morrison, which was one of the most incredibly well-written books I think I've ever read in my life. Um, loved The Vanishing Half, which has been, um, I can think on a lot of like bestseller lists recently, they're making into an HBO series. Um, and I just finished, I guess this is recency bias, but I just finished Circe by Madeline Miller. I know nothing about Greek mythology, but it was incredibly well-written, super sort of female empowerment, uh, focused, and it's now inspired me to read the Odyssey. So if you want to get into Greek mythology, read that book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we all have time now. That's the good news. Perry, let my listeners know where they can find the work that you do uh, if, in case they, they don't already know. And they should, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, Perry's P-E-R-R-I. Um, I podcast once a week with Maggie Loney on Pax What She Said. Uh, you can find that on all streaming services and Cheesehead TV. Um, I'm also every other week every other Monday with uh, Alex Strauff and uh, Andy Herman on Packaday Podcast. And uh, once a week, I have a live show with Game On Wisconsin called Happy Hour. And that is also with my lovely other half, Maggie Loney. Killing it, Perry. Thank you so much for taking the time between all of those other multimedia things that you're doing. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate it too, Peter. It can be tough to decide what to do for dinner what to do for lunch. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. 
And even if your laundry is only just the sweatpants you rotate while you wear the one nice shirt for your work Zoom calls, you still have to make that decision about what to eat. Is it Chinese? Do you want pizza? Maybe it's Thai. Maybe you want to have ice cream for dinner. You can make those decisions a lot easier because there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. You've counted on restaurants. Now they are counting on you. And DoorDash is the best app to bring you the food you're craving right away, right to your door. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos or your favorite national chains. They're all there for you. At DoorDash, right now our listeners can get $5 off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs. And now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies. So when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, I'd like to thank Perry for coming on the show. Great to talk to her. And uh, I think there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think I, I am similar to Perry in that I wouldn't say I'm inherently optimistic, but my goal is always to provide um, a path. I'm a solutions-oriented person. I say that on this show a lot. So, okay, a thing happens, and you say, okay, that sucks. Then it's it's no longer fun to talk about how much it sucks. Let's find a solution. Let's think about how this can work. And so that's one of the reasons why I asked her. You know, if if the thing is going to work, if the thing is going to work, and the Packers are going to have a good season, what does it look like? So I, I think there are a lot of different ways that that can be. I don't think it, it's going to take an inside straight. I don't think it's going to take you know hitting that card on the river for the Packers to have a great season. I think there are a lot of paths forward for them to have a great season. It's just going to depend on on what they can rely on in 2020. So we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, that's just the reality. We're going to have to wait and see. Matt LaFleur saying Packers are going to get some work at Lambeau this week to try and get players accustomed to, to getting that work in. And, and, you know, most of all, to get the work in with no fans because they're going to be playing games in front of no fans. So get into Lambeau. It's just as important for the veterans. You know, first-year players, Christian Kirksey, you know, how many snaps has he taken at Lambeau in his life? Aaron Rodgers has taken a bunch, but every time Aaron's played, there's been 75,000 people there. It's a little different going in there and playing in a cavernous environment. So it's just as much for that to say, hey, this is going to be weird. Try and get used to it as much as you can because we know at least early on there will not be fans in seats. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find 
Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.